This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I have a question for you. Yes, I have an answer. When you are working and you have to call a consult to a physician, mm-hmm. do you have difficulty um, interacting with the physicians in particular? Or do you think that it is not necessarily an MP physician issue, but could be just a person issue? No, when I call consults, I'm, I'm rock solid. I've never, I've never had an issue with a physician because I'm an NP or because of my personal issues. I've never had um, problems calling consults. I make sure I do my research before I call the consult. Why am I calling the consult? Um, I know already what information they're going to need and what would make their life easier. And I know, and I, and I know what to tell them over the phone. Um, But also like I have been in healthcare nursing for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I think that a big portion of my comfort comes from strictly experience. And I have worked in some of the most demanding environments. Um, if you can work in fucking New York City in the emergency room, you can. I'm, you I'm can, having anxiety. You can basically just get through that. anything. Oh my yeah, God. yeah. You can right? you can basically like like get through anything. I remember. So funny story. I was working. Um, I was working. I was the charge nurse in area in B Bay um, in the emergency room the day that um, Sully's plane went down in the Hudson River. Oh my god! And it was interesting. You're like, thank God, like nothing happened from that. Thank God. But picture yourself. You're in the emergency room. It's like a standard busy day. You're the charge nurse. So there's A, A, B, and C Bay, and then there's urgent care, the psych ER, and the PEDS ER. So each area has their own like charge nurse. Except for Psych, because Psych shares the A Bay charge nurse. So B Bay charge nurse is me for the day. And uh, we each have a phone. And uh, Lauren, Lauren Reed was the charge nurse in A Bay. She comes back to me. She's like, she's like, the note, the notification phone just went off. There's a plane down in the Hudson. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, I was like, uh, fuck. We, oh my God. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? And she's like, we're activating the whole hazmat and the whole mass casualty. And in my emergency room, that hadn't been activated since September 11th. Oh. And um, living and working in New York City for the last like 14 years, m- the closest people in my life survived and, and worked 9-11. In mm-hmm. fact, one of my best friends, Justin, he's a firefighter and he's also a paramedic. Um, he was in Tower 1 when Tower oh. 2 fell. And he... Um, he and I, you know, New Yorkers get to know each other, especially in the emergency room. But when that plane went down and when we got the call in the emergency room that there's a plane down in the Hudson, it like ignited a lot of feelings in people. And I remember that was the first time that I have ever felt I'm going to work through a disaster as a nurse. I had never had that feeling ever before. 
But that was something that was wow. very akin to New Yorkers because they worked through 9-11 and they worked through the you know original World Trade Center bombing. And so I remember I was in B-Bay and we got out the we got out the hazmat kit. We got our phones out. We put our like special jerseys on and we assigned roles. And it was like jumping into this like immediate thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, thank God nothing ever happened from that. But in all my years, like when I look back and I think of my clinical competence and my comfort level of where I am right now as a nurse practitioner, I know that every single experience that I've had over the last 15 years has somehow shaped how I perform my job, but also my confidence now. So when Hurricane Sandy hit, and I was also working through Hurricane Sandy, and we were evacuating all the hospitals in lower Manhattan, and there were bodies floating like around the morgue, and when there was no electricity, and when um, people are literally hand pumping ECMO machines and Mm -hmm. evacuating people from ICUs because the generators are now going to be flooded. Um, And when you are having to like create like fake little hospital wards outside of the cafeteria and figure out where you're going to put 75 people that are about to be dropped off, you learn to take that moment and you have an immediate lesson. And what that immediate lesson is, is that there's a disaster and I'm here and I have a role and I'm going to get through this and I'm not alone. And you take that moment and you live through that moment and you work through that moment. And down the line, when you're maybe a nurse practitioner and it's two o'clock in the morning and your patient, you know, your post-procedure patient's altered with hypotension, tachycardia and a rigid abdomen. And you're like, oh, he's got an RP bleed. You're like, all right, I'm in a disaster. I'm going to work through this and it's going to be okay. And I'm not alone. So one disaster that you experience early on in your career can really affect how you handle another chaotic or crazy or unpredictable situation, even, you know, 10 years down the line. But I think that I'm so comfortable and confident at work because I know what I, I know what my role is, but Mm -hmm. also I have been through and worked through so many different types of scenarios and situations, just living and working in New York for so long, but also just being in nursing for so long. And um, I think that that, is probably the greatest thing that contributes to to that for me. And I know a lot of people like when they first start out and when they're in their beginning part of their career, they feel like they know nothing and they're like, how are you so confident? And I'm like, in 10 years, you're going to feel the same. Mm-hmm. You should never expect to be confident and comfortable like early on. My first year as an NP, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Oh, how yeah. How long have you been an NP? Four years. So when did you get year. your comfort? Sorry. Um, I think like after my first year, I was like, my first day I was like, oh my God, I need to order fluids. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, what's the ejection fraction? Oh my God. They haven't had an echo Jesus, but they need fluids because they're having pre-renal failure and they got to go for cath. But what if I give him fluids and he has an EF of 10% and I flooded him and he's going to die. This was me like my first week at work. And then I'm like, and then I can't even fucking order Zofran because I'm like, the QTC is 480. Ah, it's close to five, but it's not five. Meanwhile, the patient's like vomiting like cats and dogs. And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know if I can order you Zofran. Give the fucking Zofran. QTC is 512 now. And I'm like, Zofran for everybody. But, <laughs> but I like I and I I precept students and I precept new hires all the time. And the first thing that I tell them is you need to be realistic with your expectations 
And you need to understand that you are going to feel uncomfortable, but that is normal. You should never Mm -hmm. have unrealistic expectations. So people who are like, oh, I've been a nurse for 10 years and I'm a new NP. Guess what, bitch? You're brand new again. You don't know shit. And you need (laughs) I love that you said that. Yeah. And you need to know that you're going to feel uncomfortable. You need to know that you're going to feel brand new. And um, again, like I, I just think that the most other than, you know, like reading and keeping up with, you know, current trends and studies, obviously, but that experience and those those little things that we get from experience, you know, confidence and spidey sense, uh, you know, like oh, when you walk yeah, in the room the and you're instincts. like, and yeah. you're like, you're going to die. You're trying to die mm-hmm. right now. Let's stop that. <laughs> but yeah, little things like that, all that comes with experience. And I think that um, we don't encourage our new people enough to be okay not having that yet. And we don't encourage yeah. them to really embrace the newness. And I don't even know how I got on this topic, but I, I think it's just something important that, that people should know. And um, yeah, everybody just wants to be experienced and know everything, but you need to enjoy that time being new because that's some of the most important time in any profession. You need to get experience to have experience and to feel that sense of comfort and wherewithal in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You ask, it's funny because the, the initial question that Danny asked me was about a consult. <laughs> so, uh, I know. I was okay. like, wait, how did we get onto this? And but here, like suddenly I, I, I want to like, yeah, right. I want to give later, you a medal. Like, like I feel Sandy. like Here's you how just, we managed it. I feel like you I deserve like a presidential medal of like goodwill or something. <laughs> <laughs> presidential medal of learning how to tolerate a lot of shit. <laughs> yes. God. Oh. <laughs> just working in healthcare. Right? No, it is. It is. Man, but I'm just but glad you that I about, like, wasn't actually a nurse activating years emergency ago. like your emergency relief plans and stuff or the mass casualty plans. Yeah. That no one ever wants to get out the tag system. No. There's, no. there's no. green tags, red tags, black tags. No one ever wants to get those out. And I remember mm-hmm. when we busted open that kit and we put our pennies on and we had the walkie-talkies and I was like, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was terrified, but I just kept thinking. So in that, in the hospital, we have pictures up from um, 9-11 throughout all the walls. Yeah. And um, it's, it's always very humbling. Like when you walk through the back halls of the hospital to see these pictures of um, nurses, physicians, patient care techs, EMS, um, even like unit secretaries and they just have poles and poles with IV fluids. Everything's primed and people are ready and trauma mm-hmm. bays are ready and everyone was ready, but no one came because everybody had died. And um, I remember like talking to like my friends who worked that day, they, no one has ever like gotten, no, no, no one ever gets over a, a day like nine 11, but I think as a healthcare provider, um, that's something that stays with you forever. And I think that when you work through a disaster or like a mass casualty or God forbid, like these days, mass shootings, your whole professional life is changed. And how you look at a disastrous or a chaotic situation, everything changes after that. You know, I remember I had to walk into work um, when we had Sandy because all the roads were closed down and I was walking from um, Queens to Manhattan. And it was crazy because all of New York looked like a ghost town. It was crazy. And, um, when I got in, you know, some of the guys were like, yeah, man, this, this your first disaster. <laughs> and I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, uh, 
Actually, yeah, it is. But who would have thought that fucking Manhattan's going to get a hurricane and get flooded? Like, right. it, it's crazy, but... I completely forgot until you brought it up. Oh, I know. Yeah, man. It was it was nuts. Like, it was it was nuts because we... Um, so we would emergency credential providers from hospitals everywhere. Out of state, um, out of state, upstate, um, everywhere. And all the hospitals in lower Manhattan, which is Beth Israel, Bellevue, NYU, um, they all had to be evacuated because they were flooded. And generators are in the basements of hospitals and backup generators it was only so long until they got flooded also but it was just crazy because like if you've ever had to like evacuate a hospital um you just you it's just um whether you're on the evacuation or the receiving end it was it was just like nothing i could have ever imagined but working through that i had a whole new respect for all of my colleagues that had a whole new respect for the system and for all those senseless drills that we do all the time. But it really shaped me just as a, as a person, but as a healthcare provider. And I, and I think that it's just a, a really, you know, obviously it's not an experience that people you know, like look forward to working through, but I use that experience pretty much like every day at work as an NP, because I just always try to stay grounded every shift and think of things as, you know what? it could be a lot worse right now. And it could. Mm -hmm. And I try to think that way in life too. You know, like, um, just with just with whatever's going on, I try to, um, I try to always look at it like, you know what, it could be a lot worse. But it still doesn't mean that I'm not going to like freak out and think it's the end of the world in the meantime. Very true. You know, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I don't, I don't even know if I answered your question. But no, you did. There you go. No, you definitely did. <laughs> oh, my God. You answered it more. I um... this, this came into the most incredible rant. <laughs> like it, it was <laughs> another Katie Duke rant. Another no, Katie Duke rant here no. on the Womed <laughs> with purpose. With, with purpose, huge purpose. I mean, like I hadn't with even purpose. thought to to ask you about any of like nine eleven or the Hudson plane crash or anything like that. And it's just like um, I'm happy it just You're came out. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I even forget about some of these things and mm -hmm. I um you know granted I was not um in New York at the at the time of nine eleven but again like my my closest friends and colleagues you know have and just mm -hmm. as being a New Yorker over the last fourteen years it um it's just something that that changes you so every mm -hmm. year on September eleventh I go down to um so I my my friend Justin and I he's still a firefighter and a paramedic and we go down. And um, there's a memorial walk that goes on, and then there's a service down on the 9/11 grounds, and uh, and we hang out and we spend the evening together with him and his like firehouse guys. And um, there's this real sense of community. There's this real sense of family, um, and there's also, you know, sort of this like renewed love that I have for New York that comes with that night. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to like explain it, but I, I think it's one of my most fond lessons that that city has taught me over my time there. And I think it's one of the most, um, I think it's one of my most favorite things about New York. There's this spirit, this energy there. And um, again, not even knowing how I'm getting on this topic, but a lot of people are like, oh my God, how can you live in New York? How can you live there? It's so crazy there. It's so expensive. Yeah, I pay, you know, 2,500 a month for a hotel room, but still like, have you ever had 
a, a fucking cookie from Levain cookie. Like, oh my God, unless you've never had a Levain cookie, you don't understand why you pay 2500 a month for a studio on the Upper East Side. Until you have, until you have known the firefighters from Ladder 18 down in Greenwich Village, you don't understand how special New York is. And it's just, it's just like my favorite place, but it has really shaped my career and my personal life. Cause I'm like, damn, like, what if I was still in St. Louis? What if I was like, what if I just never left? I don't even know what my life would be like. I, I, I don't, either. I don't know what, cause I'm the oddball. I'm 38 years old. I'm not married. I, I don't have a house. I, I, I don't have any of that normal shit that people back at home have right now in my age. And, and I'm like, you're like the apple that fell way off the tree. But I'm like, I think look at, look at all this cool same. shit, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. D and I are the same. Yeah. We're all from the Midwest, by the way. <gasps> no way. Yeah. I'm yeah, D's Wisconsin from the Midwest, right too. Oh, my God. My that's fam. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm from Illinois. And I mean, I was married once. Didn't work out. But I, you know, part of the reason it didn't work out is because I didn't leave. And I didn't take the time to grow up and find out who I was. So that completely changed my life. I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Um, Cause think of but, what, like, do you ever think of like, man, like what if I didn't leave? Oh, I'd be miserable. I'd, I think I'd, that's exactly I think the best I was yeah. shell of a human. I, I think I would probably be dead. I've done. Yeah. I think I, I might be dead too. Yeah. I'm, I would be, I was so depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so depressed at yep. home. There's yeah. just no way. Yeah, because you were in a really terrible, unhealthy, toxic situation. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing that a lot of women get used to doing is just being comfortable and complacent. Mm-hmm. But after a while of being in a bad situation, whether it's a work situation, a relationship situation, a situationship situation, you get comfortable because it just begins to become all that you know. And I think if I would have stayed in St. Louis... um, I'd probably be dead right now, honestly. I think I, so I was in such a bad, violent, abusive relationship. My ex from that time, he actually died of a heroin overdose uh, two years ago. They found him. I forgot about that. Yeah, they found him in his truck and he had overdosed of heroin. Katie, we got to talk off this. (laughs) hmm? We're we're about to bond real hard, but I don't know if I want to bring it up on the (laughs) podcast. No, listen. Oh, listen. We can have plenty more Katie Duke episodes on here because mm-hmm. clearly I got a lot of shit to say. Katie, your might yours might actually turn into two episodes. Yes, yeah. yeah. the way it's going, which <laughs> right? is totally fine. Be like, here's our episode with Katie Duke. We talked about everything from working through disasters in New York City to when she got fired to high heroin overdoses. Like, to, God. like, I mean, you've you've actually been physically abused. Yeah. And- yeah, a very violent way. Like I just do you know why I don't ever like have any pictures of this side of my face? Do you ever notice whenever I'm like on Instagram, everything's always from this side? Turn it a lot. You've told me that. Yeah, but I, I know, you know, because you and I, you and I talk. But yeah, I was in such a bad, abusive relationship. It was actually um, I met him in high school. And I never like I was never like popular. I was like cool with everybody. But like guys didn't like me. I wasn't like that popular girl and I was always yeah like I was always just kind of like oh no she's cool people but like she's not that popular chick Mm -hmm. but of course everybody wanted to be that popular chick but I met um some people in high school that ended up being just really just like the wrong crowd but I I was like driven to that because I think I just had such low self-esteem um and I had been bullied before in school in fact in seventh grade I was bullied so bad I had to change schools 
Oh my god. And shout out to all those little fuckers that bullied me because y'all are still in fucking St. Louis. <laughs> anyway. I, mean, I but, love looking back at that. Yeah, and you know what? Like I, I when I, I I love it, like when I and this is this is gonna sound really right now but I don't give a shit because we're being really open and honest right now mm-hmm. I look back and like those people that bullied me y'all are still in the same 10 mile radius that you fucking grew up in and you know what I have grown so much since then but I wanted to be them at some point of my mm-hmm. life I wanted to be that and I look back now and I'm like glad man I'm so glad I didn't listen to myself you know right. I'm so glad I didn't listen to myself but I had this yeah. really bad crowd of people that I was hanging around in high school and I got involved with a guy who, oh man, he was like, he was like six feet tall. He was Italian. He had blue eyes and his name was Dante Bonzano. And he, I don't know, he had like nothing to offer other than good looks, but I was just like, oh, he likes me. And I just like fell into this like abyss of who knows what. And I ended up being like, like moving out of my mom and dad's house, moving into his like condemned ass apartment. And when I say condemned, like it was not livable. There was no walls. There was no electricity. There was an extension cord running to the neighbor's house. You go in the kitchen in the middle of the night. And like, if, if you like, like, um, if you like light a lighter or something, like there's roaches covering everything. It's not just like a little roach in the corner. The entire, you couldn't see, you couldn't see the countertop. The countertop was moving. The countertop had legs. And I like was just like, no, I'm going to help him. I'm going to help him. I'm going to help him. Why and he turned into a raging. I don't know. But I, I think I'm like, me maybe that's what makes but, me a great nursing professional, but it makes me a shitty woman. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of always had too. issues dealing with that because I still look back and I'm like, why was I cool with that situation? Mm-hmm. He turned into a raging alcoholic. Um, and he... Um, my mom and dad were like, you know, you don't need to be hanging around this. You need to like go to college. And I'm like, I'm not going to college. I'm going to work and make money. Started working at like some fucking sandwich shop over on the hill in St. Louis, making like five fifteen an hour. I'm, I moved in with him in his condemned ass apartment and he was beating me every night. And some nights he would come home and he would beat me with his construction equipment. One night he beat me so bad with a caulking gun. I went to the emergency room and had to get a head CT because... I was oh scared God. that I had like, I had like a head bleed, a fucking caulking gun, but I still went right back. I went right back and I would fall for his, I'm so sorry. You mean so much to me. I don't know what's wrong with me. It'll never happen again. And I was just <sighs> mesmerized by it. And I, I just, and I don't know what it was because I look back now and I'm like, I was a fucking idiot, but it was just, I had I had no, I didn't know what my value was. I didn't know what my worth was. I also didn't know what my purpose was. And I think that when women do not know what their purpose is, what their value or their worth is, that's when they get themselves into situations that are not good for them. And that's when we stay in those situations. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, Danny, that's why you stayed in your situation. That's why I stayed in that situation. The thing that made me leave was one night he took a closed fist to my face. I actually walked in on him fucking another girl while I was at the laundromat. So I walk in the fucking condemned ass apartment with a whole basket full of laundry and him and little Miss Megan Gallagher are on the fucking couch. And so she runs away and I go up to him and I push him and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was inebriated and he just cold cocked me right in the face right here. And so since then, 
um, my eye was actually like swollen shut for three months. I had all kinds of periorbital damage and I have a facial droop on this side of my face. Um, and I've had it since that accident, since that accident, I've had it since that night that he fucking punched me in the face. Okay. But I remember that's the straw that broke the camel's back when that happened mm -hmm. and he knocked me out and I like woke up on the floor and he was like sitting, like sitting across the room, like cracking a fucking beer. I was like, oh, this is time for me to leave. And I grabbed as much shit as I could and I ran home and I tried to hide my face from my mom and didn't work. And she just saw me and she started crying and she's like, where did we go wrong with you? What happened? Like, and I just felt, I felt so ashamed. I felt so ashamed that I tolerated that. But I also felt so ashamed that I was just so lost. And um, that, again, another thing that completely changed my whole perspective on life. And it changed my whole perspective of being a nurse. Because when I was a nurse in the ER and we would get a young woman who would come in who was freshly beaten by her boyfriend or by her husband. And everybody else was like, why doesn't she just leave? Why doesn't she just leave? I don't understand. She can just leave. I never responded like that. Right. I never once did that because I knew what it was like to be that girl. I knew what it was like to be that that person who was just so lost and you're looking for validation in this in this in this unhealthy situation because it's kind of all you know because you've isolated yourself from everybody who really cares about you. Mm -hmm. And that shaped how I became a nurse. It shaped the woman I am today. It shaped um how I feel about myself, but to this day I will not take pictures from the right side of my face. I, I have a whole complex and I have, it just, it, it, and again, like maybe I still need to deal with a lot of my demons. Maybe I need to like go back to therapy, but, um, it's, it's just weird. And I think we all have these little weird things, you know, that kind of stick with us throughout our whole life, no matter how successful or how far removed we are from those situations. But like every time I go back home to St. Louis and I'm going back home um, in September because we're having a collection launch party at Scrubs and Beyond headquarters. And um, every time I go back home, I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to run into like anybody from my past. Like, I wonder if, you know, if if I'm going to, you know, drive down a street that brings back a bad memory. And I just sometimes have to like stay grounded and remind myself that there's a reason that I experience those things. And it's the only it's the only way that I would have had my life how it is now. And it's such a backwards way of thinking, but sometimes I think we it's good to rationalize what we went through in the past, you know? Oh, you have to. I <laughs> Man, I talk a lot. Much, Shit. Yeah, but girl, I relate to you. You have a lot to say. Jesus. <laughs> Do <team>. you? <laughs> All right, y'all know Danny and I love a really good supportive bra. We're working crazy hours at the hospital or running to pick like your kids up and you just you need a good supportive bra women need good bras that's true and there aren't enough out there and that is why we love third love both of us have taken the fit finder quiz which is very short you just answer a few questions about your body shape your boob shape what you're looking for in a bra and all of a sudden uh third love suggests a bra from them for you yeah based off your size like i didn't I didn't realize that I could be like a 30E. That's true. They have 78 bra sizes ranging from 30 to 48 and cup sizes ranging from AA to I. So, so it will fit everyone. 
Yeah, they have the largest range of sizes in a, in a bra company. It's fantastic. Yeah, and if for some reason it doesn't fit, you have 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test, and if you don't love it, you can return it and they'll donate it to a woman in need. That's probably one of my most favorite parts of it. Me too. This company is insane. We we both love them. Yes. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash WOMED now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash WOMED. Noom, 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 noom. D, eight weeks of noom. How's eight it been going for you? Uh, eight weeks of doom. <laughs> noom. Eight weeks, eight weeks of noom. Eight weeks of noom. It's been honestly a little rough for me. Like once I decided I wasn't going to do paradise, I kind of indulged in a few more pieces of cake or like cookie dough um (laughs) but but, noom doesn't shame you for that no they don't shame me um so i've gained a little bit of weight but i've also still maintained my exercise habits and i feel like all my clothes still fit so i'm chalking it up to muscle weight what about you uh noom's been going really well for me actually i've been sticking to my yoga I've increased the amount of time that I'm doing it too it seriously just feels so good I think it's the only time of the day that I actually don't hold my breath so I've been really enjoying that I've lost a couple pounds and uh yeah I'm super impressed and I like Noom because it doesn't require much time either. They have the no. ten the ten minute rule is what they ask. So I just log into I my love app. The ten minute rule. Yeah, like take a look at it for the day. Maybe chat with my uh, my my goal specialist and mm-hmm. move on with my life. So it's been going yeah. well. Oh, good. Yeah. So look at us this week. I know we're doing so good. Even better. <laughs> I'm getting muscle. You're learning to breathe and stretch. It's, it's it's a it's a noom day for everyone. It's a noom day. So listen, y'all, if you guys are interested in getting on a more healthy approach to getting healthy and like it's not necessarily about losing weight, it's just trying to find a healthy lifestyle, you guys should check out Noom. Go to noom.com, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash WOMED and sign up for your free trial. Yep. That's uh, noom.com, N-O-O-M.com slash WOMED to sign up for your free trial. It's so easy. It's actually a lot of fun. And you're going to have success with it. It's all about making healthy lifestyle changes. So head on over to noom.com slash WOMED and start your new healthy journey. Perfect. Thanks, Noom. Has this um, driven you... When did the whole body positivity thing start? Shit, I used to weigh like 220 pounds. I like could only buy my jeans from Target. And I was like a size 16, 17, 18. And I'm five feet tall. People don't know that when they meet me in real life, they're like, they're like. I didn't know you were that short. They're like, fuck, you're short. (laughs) Oh my God, Danielle and I would sandwich you. Wait, how Um, tall are you? Five feet. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm almost a foot taller than you. It's funny because people, when they meet me in person, they're like, when did you get short? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I've been this, this, this is is how I've been forever. But they're like, oh, you look taller on social media. I'm like, how does social media make you look taller? I'm like, 
I think it's just my big personality. <laughs> you know how to take a good picture too. <laughs> you do, girl. Your photos, mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. Listen, yeah, like, where did you get those leather leggings? Or are they pleather or leather? Because they were look bomb. no, they're 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 latex. I tagged the brand. They're from Wear Commando. They're latex. Okay, okay. I'm gonna just, look at it. Just make sure, like, if you wear them out, you need to carry like baby oil in your purse because you got to put them between your legs so that they don't. Wait, like baby it oil or baby powder? Because <gasps> I don't know if you remember, Ross Geller had quite an issue and used both and made a paste. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, yeah, these are these are the things that we talk about on the WOMED. This is real life shit, ladies and gentlemen. Real life shit, and um, doesn't get any better than this. I, you know, it's interesting because when I'm um, I, I mean, obviously I've been like short my whole life, but my body positivity thing came, I think. So after I moved to New York, I lost a lot of weight. I started making friends. I started going out, like people started liking me and I'm like, the city made me want to do better for myself. I joined a gym, like, you know, fucking gyms in St. Louis. Don't nobody go to the gym in St. Louis where I was from. (laughs) Like what the hell is a gym? At least me back then. But I started to get in healthy relationships when I moved to New York and I started to feel better about myself, but I wanted to do better and I wanted more for myself. And um, I just remember how I have always had this like really emotional relationship with food and it's always been hard for me to talk about until recently. And now I feel like I'm just fucking diarrhea mouth and I'm like, here I am miserable in life, depressed. I'm going to go eat a whole Domino's cheesy bread dipped in ranch dressing. And I share it with people because I'm like, you know, this is, this is life, but this is the struggle of somebody who has had weight issues. And granted, thank God I've never had like, like health problems from my weight issues, but I'm five feet tall. There's no reason that I should weigh 220 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I did at one point and it was because I was in an unhealthy situation. I didn't know what my purpose was and I had no self-esteem. Going back to those like three big lessons of just things that help shape your life as a woman. And for me, I just remember that I, I used to go to the stores and I never saw anybody that looked like me. I never saw anyone that looked like me, like in the catalogs and online. And it made me feel really shitty. And so um, like after I lost weight, I was like, you know, proud of that. But I also wanted to show people that, um, you know, that it's not like a finished goal. Mm-hmm. the the goal wasn't just like lose weight the goal was understand that that I deserve uh to feel good about myself you know before and after that whole period right. and um you know I I like sharing with people my weight struggles do I wish I was 20 pounds lighter yeah I could probably run a lot faster I probably wouldn't feel like I'm gonna die after going up one flight of stairs I'm I pretty feel like that yeah I feel like my EF is five percent if I have to go up a fucking flight of stairs and I go out and I'll go jogging in central park and there's like a 90 year old smoking me. And I'm like, do that. And I'm like, what is happening? And I used to like run marathon. I've ran the New York city marathon twice. I ran the Los Angeles marathon. I've done like 25 half marathons. And this is all within the last like six, seven years. And I was in like the fit of health when I was really consistently running and over the last couple of years, when like my, my side hustle has really taken off and mm-hmm. just with me just being like extra worked and extra stress, I have really sacrificed all of that like good, healthy activity that I used to do consistently that helped my mind and my body. 
So I've put a lot of that weight back on. I mean, I'm five feet tall and I weigh 165 pounds. And um, I mean, shit, it's, it's hard. Like I can't paint my own toenails like that shit. It's uncomfortable. Like I, I, it, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I just had to register. Like my, I was like, wait, what'd she say? Listen, if I'm going to paint my own toenails, I'm sitting Indian style and I'm doing that shit from the side. I can't like, I can't like bring like my knee to my chest and just bend over. Like I can't breathe. Shit, and my rolls get in the way. I'm uncomfortable. And I'm like, this is not good. But, but so like my weight thing, it's like, it's like such a, it's like such a struggle because Again, and I talk about this a lot, but these are real feelings. You turn on Instagram and you turn on TV, you turn on social media, and you don't see those like celebrities and those big public figures with like side rolls, cellulite, and back fat. And I'm just like, even though right now I'm a confident woman, I still have like mad issues and Mm -hmm. I still have, you know, a lot of things that I deal with, but I just, um, it really mind fucks all of us because we start to associate that common image with beauty and with being the definition of attraction. Mm -hmm. The same way that if you don't see something represented, you don't think you can achieve it. For example, my boyfriend is African-American. He is a surgeon. 1% of surgeons in the United States are African-American. So do you think young black boys and black women growing up are going to feel that they can be a surgeon if they never see a black surgeon in the media? No, they don't. And I'm not trying to compare something that significant to my weight struggle. But the point I'm trying to make is that when we don't see a representation of ourselves in the media, we start to doubt our own capabilities and our own potential to achieve that what it is that we're trying to achieve. So I for so long never saw anybody that like wasn't like a fucking six foot tall size two. And it used to fuck with me and it still fucks with me. But I, at some point in time, I was like, I'm going to keep it real on social media. I'm going to be out here. I'm going to show my cellulite. Fucking Instagram going to get all these rolls in this goddamn swimsuit pic. And you know what? Like, who cares anymore? My boyfriend likes it. I don't give a shit. And it eventually just kind of became this little movement of encouraging other women to like share your side rolls. Um, you know, in, in, embrace your back fat. And, you know, if shit jiggles, it's, it's okay. But it all has to start with people being okay with themselves first, because mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter what your weight is. You could be like, you could literally have like, like, I don't know, like fucking Serena Williams body. Like if I could have anyone's, I would have her body. Cause her ass oh. is like, oh. bam, but, like, right. Oh my God. Like you could have her body, but if you have zero confidence or zero, like secure, like security, you're, you're still going to feel like you're just like, like a shit eater. Like, like, damn, like I, this is terrible. So again, another rant point I'm trying to make is like body positivity is an ongoing thing, weight struggle, but it all revolves around you knowing your worth and what you Mm -hmm. offer, but also you valuing yourself and your self-esteem. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to balance confidence and insecurities, especially in the age of social media. And there's a lot of times I got to turn shit off. I don't really think I posted anything the last two weeks, really. I've really Mm -hmm. been kind of like off because there's sometimes when I just turn things on and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough in life. I'm not, I'm not losing my weight fast enough. I'm not achieving as much as I should be. I'm not branding my business as I should be. I'm not offering as many services as I should be offering. I'm not working out enough. And I'm, and I'll sit back and I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Chill out. 
but it's like this blessing and a curse at the same time. But like, it's, um, yeah, yeah, there you go. I know, well, I know you can relate to that. You're not yeah. alone. Yeah, no, you're definitely not alone. And Danielle and I have talked about this before, but like, we have our own set of body issues too. It's just yeah. society like makes you feel like a pile of shit about yourself, yeah. no matter what you look like. Yeah. You know, if you're too skinny, they're yelling at you to eat, eat more, eat a, eat a cheeseburger. Eat Why aren't you eat eating anything? Hungry. Yeah. And then, or if you lose weight, you look better. Like, yeah, like, like, like I wasn't pretty before. Yeah. Or yeah. Anything. Like, exactly. You just think I'm a piece of shit. Like, because we affiliate weight with beauty and confidence mm-hmm. because where have women always looked to find the definition of beauty and attraction? We look to the media. We used to look mm-hmm. at magazine covers and magazines. We used to look at clothing ads. We used to look at, you know, pictures we'd see in the mall, TV commercials. And for the longest time, and even still a lot these days, we see the typical representation. A very yeah. tall, svelte, you know, um, perfectly trimmed or athletic style physique. And um, ain't no rolls pouring out when they sit down, you know. I and just, it yeah. really doubts you. You really doubt yourself. I just um, did did a trip to the BVI's, and I was it was through this particular swim company. And I remember looking around me, and I'm like, every oh my god, yes, the red swimsuit a, on the yacht. Hey, I was the I was the biggest one. That photo was royally edited by the photographers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But like everyone, I looked around. and I was like, I mean, there's there's not even like a brunette. Like we're all blondes. Like yeah. what? Like there there's there was like no like there's diversity no diversity in, in like yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, except for like me being actually the bigger person and or like the biggest person there. And like I'm like a size four. Like and everyone yeah. else was like eighteen and like man, right? And I was like ah. Uh, and it fucks with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely did. I was like, even though you're like a confident, successful woman, it fucks yeah. with you. I was like, I was like, okay, A, I have at least like 12 years on the youngest person here. But like, why? Like, I don't look like that. My ass, I've I've got two ass cheeks. You know, I mean, like, I've got I've got another butt roll. I love it. I love my you ass. I love my butt. You do have but, a great like, ass. But it's 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 juicy and it's big. But when you're comparing it to all of those, yeah, even the most confident, great ass mm-hmm. woman like yourself is going to be like, "Ooh, am I like ooh ooh? I don't know like yeah. this." And, yeah, and that's what that's what happens when you just turn on your phone or turn on the TV yeah. as a woman. And I, I you just know, can't honestly, anybody, like, though. you know what I wish nowadays, even though like the media and social media has really had so many positive impacts in my life and my income and my whatever, I wish that times were like when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. I wish none of this existed. Yeah. I wish that I worry about um, my, my like kids, kids could go and play outside. Yeah. I wish that kids would just go play outside. I wish there was no phone, no smartphones, no social media. I wish that kids are um, handed tablets when they're misbehaving, when they really just yeah, need to yeah. go outside and run yeah. around. And um, like, I, I wish that when you go to dinner with a bunch of friends, you know, that you're just sitting there ha- talking to each other. I wish that nothing mm-hmm. had to be recorded. Like, I just, yeah, I miss those days. Mm-hmm. I do too. And it's, uh, yeah. there's a lot less opportunity for comparison, you know, like mm-hmm. a 14 year old girl, this 
I was so ugly when I was 14. I was, I, I was like a shit, boy. Me too. <laughs> I, I was not like a boy. I was not like, cute kid. I was not oh like my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. But that's how you should look like when you're 14. You should exactly. not be yeah. like you, you should shouldn't look like you have a perfectly no. contoured face and making a million yeah. dollars on YouTube because right. you're I making know. yourself look like, like you're 28. Yes. Like, do you see that <laughs> yes, meme? Yes. Do you know the meme I'm talking about? Like, this is what I, this is, this is me at age like 12. And this is today's girls at age 12. And like, yeah. you're yeah. like the ugly yeah. girl with like the Coke bottle glasses and um and and you're just like embraces and you're like oh my god and then the 12 year old these days new girl i'm on my way to a bar (laughs) (laughs) they they they're already starting botox they're starting fillers they're doing all these things and i'm like oh my god wait on the subject of botox check that out look at that look at that i'm angry yeah i can't (laughs) even move my forehead it's amazing Um, I, I'm, I, I'm learning about Botox and fillers, and I'm really excited about it. Ooh, I'm going to be my next new little side hustle because, yeah, it's, listen, it's, you, you can, can't make money working as just a nurse in the hospital. You, you can't. just can't do it. Listen, if nope, you, nope. but if you want to take a course, I'll, I'll give you a link to my, my girlfriends in Boston, um, Alexa and Alex, they own LexRx. They are actually just won the award for the best of Boston injectables, um, Provider. Oh wow! For, yeah, like, and they're an NP-driven practice, I but love they amazing. but they offer a really, really thorough and really great training course. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you their info when we yeah, when we, when we stop. But I, man, I wish that is the one thing that I that I definitely wouldn't change about like our our current nowadays times is like the the availability of Botox and fillers because my fucking face would have sunk to my to my chest right now if it wasn't for that. How many units, how many, I'm just learning about fillers, like as of like today, just yeah. learning. How many vials do you think you got in your face? Um, of let's fillers? fillers? So, a filler. so I've, so, so how my, so my cheeks are filler. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. and I had one syringe here and one syringe there. Um, so that's like two fifths of, of a teaspoon. And then I also had some filler put here in my chin. Mm-hmm. Like about a year and a half ago, then I also had some in my jawline too. Um, that was, I guess, that was like a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get. I tried getting lip fillers one time, and she like put the needle in, and I levitated off the fucking seat. I was like, Did ah! she numb you? No, she did. But I, I'm sorry, you you're sticking a fucking needle in my lip. I don't care how <laughs> numb I am. I still feel the shit. <laughs> And I, I felt bad. I was actually with Lips Karis. Are not Karis fun. from Grace. Karis from Grace Medical Aesthetics. I literally was that. I was a complete. I was a patient who would need restraints. I was that fucking person. <laughs> and I was like, stop, abort, abort mission, exit stage left, uh, abandon ship. No more. No, I don't even fucking want lip fillers anymore. I was just gonna try them out for fun, and I could well, you not. Can do, you even can do survive. Botox in in your lip and just do a little lip flip and. Oh man, listen. You're good. Listen. Do you want to know do you want to know what the equivalent of fillers is? Suck a dick for 20 minutes and your lips will be filled. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> after listen, after I'm done like taking care of my my man, I look in the mirror and I'm like, "Damn, it looks like I just got fillers." <laughs> there you go. Oh this woman is shameless, and I, I love it. I love you. Inappropriate podcast with Katie Duke. <laughs> um, children and um, people who go to church probably should not listen to this podcast. But you know they will because they can't look away. 
Yeah, they they can't look away. It's kind of like a bad accident. Like, oh my god, it's such a train wreck. But it's fascinating. You know, it's, it's fascinating. We're gonna we're gonna have to have more episodes with you because you've touched on <laughs> so many different topics hit, like, that I just want to have you to continue to be like a special <gasps> guest. But like we we already right now have to definitely make this into two episodes. So we can't get rid of that. No. no, you can't. You can't. You can't get rid of that. Listen, and you know how much uh, fillers are pretty expensive, but sucking a dick is free. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Definitely. god, you're a lucky man. You have a lucky man. Listen, listen, I'm gonna lose my licensing deal after this podcast. <laughs> no, you're not. They're gonna be like, uh, we'll give her more. They're gonna be like. Poor Scrubs and Beyond we, is going to be like cancel the launch cut, party. Can, I, <laughs> she I'm, has I'm no more notes here as we like write. So like, if you think on it, if you want it cut out, we can cut out the dick sucking <laughs> for fillers. <laughs> yeah, whatever you need. Honestly, if they've listened this far in and they're still here, they deserve to hear it. So okay, far. that's true. Okay, that's true. Just put it. It's not like I'm going to run for president one day. I have a criminal. <laughs> I have a, cri- I have a cri- I have a criminal record. I can't run for president. I've been. <laughs> So oh my God. funny story. Here's here's here full, being fully transparent. I have been arrested. Um, I got arrested for third degree assault because that bitch that my boyfriend was fucking throughout our relationship um, back in St. Louis. I saw her at 7-Eleven's parking lot one day and I decided to get out and do a little street justice. <laughs> Holy crap. So granted, this is in 2001. OK, this is 18 years ago. Please understand I was a 20 year old idiot. OK. But I saw Megan Gallagher at the 7-Eleven parking Wait, lot. Wait, is her name really Megan Gallagher? Yeah, it is. And okay. I will never forget that name because she like ruined my life at the time. <laughs> Again, I was fighting over a man who was alcoholic and abusive. Okay, so that just yeah. tells you, you where my mental place. Place. No. That's what yeah. That's what tells you like where my mental status was. It was yeah. non-existent. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was batshit crazy and stupid. But... I went up to 7-Eleven, I think to get a, I think to get a pack of Swisher sweets because we were probably going to smoke some weed or something. And <laughs> we were probably going to do some more dumb shit with our life. I don't even remember, but We've all I go to, I we go sure to 7-Eleven, <laughs> right? We have, and you know, we need to be okay with it because it's life lessons, but I go and I, I pull up to 7-Eleven's parking lot and I, um, I see this red Chevy Cavalier Megan drove a red Cavalier and I look over and I see it's little Miss Megan. Now Megan had been like driving, Megan had been like driving by like our little condemned ass apartment. And she would like talk shit when she would drive by. If I was sitting out on the porch, like one day she drove by and she was like, how's my pussy taste bitch. And I was like, I was like, Oh, you're the bitch that's fucking my man. And of course, instead of going and taking it up with my man, I would take it up with her because that's just what she's also provoking you. (laughs) Yeah. So she was provoking me, but she would like drive by and talk mad shit all the time because we were all like living in the same hood. So I see Loma's Megan in 7-Eleven's parking lot. And my girlfriend, Christina was with me at the time. Um, She's actually like nine months pregnant. And um, I get out of the car and I walk in uh, I go to like walk towards the door at 7-Eleven. I look over. I'm like, that's definitely Megan. So I decide to make a right turn instead of going into 7-Eleven. And I go up and um, I'm not, I, I don't want to like invoke too much guilt on here or anything. But basically, um, I got Megan out of the car and we had a fight in 7-Eleven's parking lot. So um, 
after it was over and I like felt like, all right, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm, I've, I've done what I came here to do, whatever the fuck that means. I, um, went home and I ended up going to work. I like was working late that night. And the next morning when I got home, there were cops waiting for me because Megan had went and filed charges and pressed charges and everything. And so I spent the entire weekend in jail. Oh my so God. There is a, uh, a place called Central Booking in St. Louis. We call it Central for short. And it doesn't matter if it's the middle of July and it's 190 degrees outside. Inside Central, it's negative 10 because they make um, it incredibly uncomfortable so that you, um, the minute that you go in there, especially if you have to spend 48 hours in there like I did, you immediately regret all the dumb shit that you did. So um, I was first brought to like the, um, like the, like the sublet. Um, there's this area in St. Louis called the Sublet uh, Police Station, and I was like booked there. And then they had to transport me down to Central Booking, downtown St. Louis. And so they put me in the fucking back of a paddy wagon, and I got handcuffed to some meth hooker who was still high, like in the back of the paddy wagon. And she was like hallucinating the whole time. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, I, I, I was just like so mad and so pissed because I'm like, first off. Megan broke the street code. You don't press charges when you're in the street fight, okay? Especially if you're the one who instigated everything, okay? Yeah. So you violated the street code, okay? And I know that's a stupid street code, but I'm just trying to let you guys know how I was thinking right, back right. then. At the time, mm -hmm. I have grown and matured since then. But please understand, if you come at me and you talk and you start some shit, I I'm just no. Anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'm handcuffed to a meth hooker who's incredibly high in the back of this fucking paddy wagon. And they get us down to um, to St. Louis Central Booking. They get us in. We're all getting like booked in and fingerprinted. They strip you down. They give you these like paper scrubs and they fingerprint you and they do like a whole entire strip search, which includes your body cavities, which is oh. really um like I, I was working as like a patient care tech then. So I was just like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't care. I mean, I, I've been fucked before. So why not bend over and show you my ass now? It's it just like nothing mattered to me back then. And I was just like, whatever. Like I was such a shit bum at that time in my life. None of that yeah. even bothered me. That's what tells you where my head was. So yeah. what they did was after they arraigned us all in, um, they put you in one cell with everybody until they bring you out and they like formally process you. So I'm like a 20 year old girl in here with a bunch of OGs. And like, when I say like a bunch of OG, like there's women in there that have like murked a few people. Like oh all God. I did was get in a fight in 7-Eleven parking lot and I'm in there and there's like, there's like big time shit in there. And I think that they sensed me like out pretty, pretty good. Like I'm tough, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not that fucking tough. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I would never like kill somebody. But um, so there things became a little tense in the cell because there's like 25 of us in the cell. Things became a little tense and the guard walked by and the guard kind of senses and she's like, you come out here. And she let me out of the cell and she took me into the galley, which is the kitchen. And she's like, just because I don't feel like doing a bunch of paperwork when you get your ass beat tonight and you're dead the next morning, I'm going to have you in here and you're going to help me make sandwiches. Oh and so she handcuffed my left hand to the table of the galley kitchen. And I made bologna sandwiches for seven hours. You got something with sandwiches? Listen, bologna and this, sandwiches. And like, if like, wow. this is the true test of if you know somebody's been locked up or not, is they know what kind of sandwiches. It's always bologna sandwiches on white bread. 
So I literally made bologna sandwiches for hours and hours because she said, if I leave you in that cell, you're going to be beat to death. And I was like, wow. thank you. <laughs> uh, damn. She's like, and then she's like, what are you doing here? She's like, you don't belong here. And I was like, I had, you know, I, I got in a fight and I had to, you know, I had to like, I had to protect my, she's like, protect your what? And I was like, I just, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I just got in a fight. There's this chick who's been talking mad shit and, you know, she's fucking my man and all this stuff. I was just that dumb, ignorant, young, stupid girl. And again, with no purpose and no direction in life and no security. And I remember this guard, she just really let me have it like for hours and hours. And I was like, God, I feel like I'm in here with my mom. (laughs) And it was really like life changing. So after I was done making a billion bologna sandwiches, she let me back into my cell. Everybody eventually got into their own cell. And you go in the cell and the whole cell is metal. There's a toilet in there and there's a bunk. And then there's like a shelf and it's all metal. There's no blanket. There's no like mattress. There's no pillow. There's no fucking toilet paper. And it's literally negative 10. I still, I'm pretty sure it was colder in there than it was on Everest when I went and did the Everest base camp trek. It was that fucking cold. It was so cold that when you went in there, you immediately were like, I regret everything I've ever done in life that has gotten me to this point. And so I um, spent the night there. And then the next day went out and helped her make more bologna sandwiches and then spent that entire weekend in that cell. And because I had because it was a weekend, I had to wait until Monday morning to go before the judge. And I remember when I went before the judge on Monday morning, they're like, you know, you have no criminal record. Um, they're like, you're, you know, you, you have a job, you, what are you doing here? And everybody kept asking me, they're like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, damn, I, I, I don't know. I I don't have a good answer for that. But now I look back and I'm like, I'll tell you what I was doing there. I was fucking up my whole life, making all these really good, bad decisions that at the time you couldn't tell me anything different. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember like when I finally got out, like Monday morning, I was just like, man, I never want to go back there. I never want to go back there. And, um, I, I just like, it's interesting. Cause like when I, when I like, when I do like stupid shit and I make bad decisions today, I'm like, Ooh, I'm glad I'm not still making the same bad decisions. <laughs> At least my bad decisions have like grown over time. At least they result in something that's maybe like a little more enjoyable than spending the weekend, you know, in some metal cell. But I almost I, think the title of this podcast should be Bologna Sandwiches with Katie Duke. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right? Bologna Sandwiches. You brought up sandwiches earlier, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, listen, I, I, I love sandwiches. Listen, meat, <laughs> cheese, mayonnaise on bread, like, that's pure <laughs> happiness to me. That's it's, it. You're right. You know, the funny thing is, is while we're planning, so we've been planning the Scrubs and Beyond launch party for the Scrubs collection. So Scrubs and Beyond is a St. Louis based company. It's also woman owned. And mm-hmm. since I'm a St. Louis girl and like doing the first Scrubs collection. So we're having a big launch party at their headquarters in St. Louis. And when they were asking me there, um, when they, the people at Cherokee were like, all right, well, why don't you give us some really neat St. Louis restaurants? We can get catering. Do you know what I gave them? I gave them my favorite sandwich shop. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Love so, so, but they also have garlic bread. Even so, better. Um, I, so Deb calls me. She's like, so you just gave me a place to cater that has pasta, garlic bread, and sandwiches. She's like, we can't fucking give that at like a, at like a nice classy event. And I'm like, 
you asked me what I wanted. I want these fucking sandwiches and this fucking garlic bread. That's uh, what I want. She's like, we can't do that. It's not classy. I'm like, you think I care about class? I want, listen, give me the goddamn sandwiches. <laughs> oh my God. I ended up being overruled. And I don't know what, um, and I don't know, like, I don't, I don't even know what work, what catering we're having nowadays, but all I know is I was overruled for the sandwiches, but I will always be like a sandwich girl. I just, I, I love sandwiches and it's probably what got me to weigh like 220, um, you know, a, a few years ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably I, really, did. I really hope someone at least can smuggle you in some of the garlic bread and the sandwich from there. I'm going to order that shit delivery. I'm going to get it delivered get it close for mixed. myself at that freaking place. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Lay it on. What oh. is, yep, tell me your, all right, so you can pick. Tell me the worst thing you've ever done or what's like a dirty little dark secret habit of yours that you've never told anybody before. And I'm going to answer the same questions because there's still shit that I haven't said. Hmm. Oh. The worst okay. thing I've ever done. Because then this is going to, I think we really got to wrap it up after this one and then yeah. do more episodes with you. <laughs> yeah. We can't have, we can't have three weeks of Katie Duke. Yeah. You could have two. Yo, your poor editor is probably going to be like, what are you guys trying to do to me? This, like, <laughs> what, what is this shit? Well, he listens. Well, sometimes his wife listens and he has like a new baby. <laughs> oh, No. That's fine. Sorry. Sorry, I don't no, worry. Okay. He'll take care of it. Oh yeah. He'll be great. Um, right, this will this will be our like our ending finale, unless there's something else, you know, that you guys want. But Oh God. Do you have I'll, one, Dee? I'll start it out. <laughs> I'm I got okay. this. Listen, Wait, I got the this question. shit on what's, standby. What's the dirtiest secret that we have? Like what's like a dirty little, like shameful, embarrassing secret that is something you've just like never told anybody about? And it doesn't have to be like like anything like it doesn't have to be like something like majorly life changing. What's something that you're just like I would never tell people I do this, um, or what is like the worst thing you've ever done? So I'll I'll tell you my little dirty little secret. And again, like it doesn't need to be completely shameful because there's still some shit on here I would never say in public. But one of my dirty little secrets is um, I have the McDonald's app, and I eat McDonald's once a week. <laughs> and I and you I have the app and I order it from the app and I always order the same thing a double cheeseburger with no onions and a six piece chicken nuggets with barbecue sauce and I am always so embarrassed to like go in there and I'll always my I always put my hoodie on and I'll put my hoodie up and um I eat it when I'm like home in my apartment I could not eat it in front of my boyfriend like and I finally told him one night he was like he was like do you tell me everything and I'm like no I eat McDonald's and I get it and I get it probably like honestly like a few times a month and I love those fucking cheeseburgers and everybody my age is supposed to hate that and be all healthy and vegan and organic but I love those greasy fucking cheeseburgers I can't help it and he's like you're a cardiology NP and I'm like I don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) but those fucking french fries son like the I think they have the best french fries so here is my shameless admission I have the McDonald's app. I have tons of fucking points and free shit on there because I get it a few times a month, but I'll eat it by myself in my little studio apartment. And I, it's almost like, it's almost like my dirty little habit that, and <laughs> you know, that and all the sex toys that I have, but we'll save that for the that next before. episode. Yeah. Yes. We've talked about that before. Oh my God. Yes. 
I, I was just, so those are great. I have a lot of weird habits, which I've mentioned. We've, we've talked about one of our, couple of our weird habits. Yeah, yep. you really like to floss, but, like, really hard. Oh, in weird place. Uh-huh. I, I actually have a lot of weird habits. Uh-huh. I, like, I can't even start with that. But the one thing I would say is I was just really bad in my, like, 18, 19, 20s and, um, like, early 20s. And I don't think a lot of people know how bad I was. Like I got away with a lot because I had a good personality and I was very good at manipulating, but just like your trifecta, I was just like you. I was lost. I had no purpose. I had no self-worth. And, um, I mean, I moved to Chicago. I was smoking pot. I was drinking every night. I passed out in the middle of University of Illinois and Chicago's campus, like in the quad, which is not in a good area. It's like no, that ain't in a good Cabrini. fucking area. No, Actually, it's right I next to Caprini Green. I, it, that's what I was just going to say. It was right next to Caprini Green. <laughs> I had on a mini skirt, a like tube top. I was like 18 years old. You're basically waiting to be the next episode of the first 48. And this cop, so I passed out. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And this cop comes up to me and he's like, what in the hell are you doing here? And I said, you shithead. I don't know. I don't know. And he was like, you're going to get raped. He's like, you're lucky you're not murdered. He's like, get up and go do something with your life. And shortly thereafter, I left Chicago and just like went on my wandering spree of where, what the hell I was going to do. But I, I was just very bad. I was on a very bad path. You were lost. I was. I let men take advantage of me. Yep. I, that's just the beginning, but maybe I'll write that in my book. I was not in a good place. Man, listen, but do you know, I'm so glad that you shared that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, that, God, it, it, it's just good to know that, like, other successful smart women have done dumb shit in their life. That's, I've done worse shit than that. But that was a moment where I will never forget that cop's face. Wow. And he was just like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I don't know. I had drank. I had a a couple of my friends had split like a big ass bottle of Southern Comfort. Not SoCo. Yeah. We were just taking shots and we were passing around a bong and we were smoking joints and we were blowing it through a water bottle with dryer sheets shoved in the end. (laughs) So and it I wouldn't was, smell. So it wouldn't smell. And I was an art student and I was just bad. I was bad. Oh, so. you bad girl. Yeah, I know. Ooh, you're such a shithead. God, I, I know. Your stock just went up in my book. Thank you, Kate. Katie, I will tell you more later, but that's all I have on for the ne- now. On the next episode of The yes. Woman with, <laughs> yeah. the sh- with the fellow shit bricks. <laughs> that's right. The losers. All right, Danielle, are you going to top that? <laughs> no, like I've never been arrested. She's not like, bad. I've never She's like, not come bad. close to it. I've never Listen, been. you don't need to have been arrested. I'm actually happy for you that you've never Me been too. arrested. I am too. Danielle's yeah. just so nice. <laughs> All right, so share one of your share share a habit that you would be totally embarrassed to share with people. Well, like I'm not proud of it, but I do edit in my waist on some photos. <laughs> I love that you oh, said that too. I do. Oh my god, I love this. We're bonding. Yeah. This is bonded yeah. right here. I I do. I have Oh my god, I've I totally edited in that. my waist. Too. You know, if it's like 
on my period or I've just decided to, you know, eat a whole bag of cookie dough because or it McDonald's. sounded like the best thing to do. You know, I'm I'm more of like a Culver's person than McDonald's. Um, oh, Culver's is good. We don't have that in New York. <laughs> Culver's is the shit. It is the shit. It's a Midwest thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's Midwest the Midwest shit. shit. That I Culver's, think. can you sponsor our podcast, please? Culver's, can you please drop some advertising dollars? Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh my god I no like this whole episode this is like the pinnacle of the whole episode I love the fact that you just like came came out with that like thank mm-hmm. you I respect yeah. that shit because that too. is stuff that women like most people would never share that it's like a deep dark secret oh my god I would never tell people but how do you feel now that you just voice that shit I feel like I'm gonna get a lot of comments now on my photos and be <laughs> <laughs> like did Listen, you edit this in or is this and really you know you? and you know I'm, what I'm like, you can ah. you know what though like you own you but but you owned it no one yeah. can ever use yeah. it against you if you own it yeah <clears throat> because you know what sometimes god damn it your stomach just fluctuates yep and i don't it and does. like i hate i hate like i hate it about myself i hate that like it irks me but like no it's something i'm like really self-conscious about in photos so. I, I, I don't blame you. I hate that I eat McDonald's with no bra on covering my face with a hoodie on my fucking studio apartment couch by myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, as I'm complaining that none of my jeans fit, I'm shoving a fucking double cheeseburger with no onions in my face that I ordered off the app. Like, I, I'm, okay, so like, yes, we all have, we all have shit that we do that we do. You know, my parents just shoved a note <laughs> under the door because this has gone on for like two hours. We have to wrap this up because they're like trying to be quiet. <laughs> so that they're, not- they're like, um, can you stop whoever the fuck you're talking to? For one, she's a bad influence. For two, we would like to continue enjoying our home. Thanks. Bye. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. We- All right. Well, I Yo. appreciate you sharing that. Both of you. I love you. Well, we appreciate we you. We appreciate you. I don't even think All we need you. a nurse D energy moment. Like, I think we, uh, I think this episode. was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The whole, uh, the whole episode. The yeah. whole episode. Oh, my God. This has Y'all. been fun. This has really been therapeutic. Yes, it has. Good. Honestly, it, it, it really has. And I was like, and I was just like, uh, I, w- I, I didn't know what you guys were going to ask. I was, and I never oh. prepare for anything, but I'm we like, this, yeah. this was like a nice little conversation. It has yeah, been we really talk. great. And I really want to continue conversations with you and i mean that listen for sure you bitches just let me know what the schedule is and we'll we'll get it done <laughs> i'll bring the content you bring Perfect. you bring the squad cast it's my that's my Perfect. favorite part <laughs> all right all right i'm gonna right. lead us out <laughs> okay yeah, so, i'll be quiet uh so tell us where we can find you yeah Okay, so um, you can find me. Um, uh, what am I? Th- oh yeah. So my name on um, my name in real life is Katie Duke. That is my real name. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Katie Duke. That's T H E K A T I E D U K E. My public Facebook page is also the Katie Duke. You can find me on Twitter at the Katie Duke. You can find me on my website where I have bi-weekly newsletters offering mentoring advice and lifestyle tips and blogs at katiedukeonline.com. And you can also buy my new Scrubs collection with Cherokee what, uniforms what? online, yeah, right? Online at um, myinfinityscrubs.com slash the Katie Duke or pretty basically just Google the shit. How about that? 
You can Google the shit. Katie Duke. And you can find the Scrubs collection anywhere online and at your local brick and mortar mom and pop scrub shop. And um, yeah, there you go. That's You're awesome. wonderful. I love you we guys. We appreciate you. I we, appreciate you. This You're is, just the realist. The realist, I, the, I illest, the, the illest, the most illegal yeah. episode of the moment yet. This, is, yeah. this episode should probably Scandalous. be censored. No, you guys need to have a disclaimer before this episode. We do. Yeah. You probably do. Yeah. <laughs> you probably yeah. you probably should just to protect your brand. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because because yeah. I, I I don't want to bring you downhill along with mine. As as you know, we don't need to all go to hell together. Even though it would probably be funner, but all our friends are there. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, you know, the next thing we need to do is we need to do like a little in-person meetup. Oh yeah, yeah we do. Well, you, we can do it in Nashville. Yeah, when you yeah, come down. Seriously. Here. Yeah. 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 We'll get that shit together. Thanks everyone right. for uh, listening, and uh, <laughs> thank you to both of you guys for tolerating my shit um, you, over the last two hours. Katie, you're you amazing. Too. I really Thank you respect, for sharing I really, everything. I really respect what you guys are doing, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. You've You're welcome. Me. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Think of Bye, me the next, time you, the next time you suck a dick. Goodbye. All right. Oh. Walmart out. Thanks again. That. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>